There's this whole thread of people that try and host their own email and like Google nukes them intentionally. It's pretty evil. Yeah. <laughs> Ironic with their catchphrase, but yeah. They, they got rid of that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah, well. so we use Google. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Open Hardware Manufacturing Podcast, the podcast about making open source hardware. My name is Steven Haas. And I'm Lucian Chapar. And today we are talking about owning your data and the trade-off between convenience of cloud storage stuff and truly fully owning your information. This really goes into, are you working on the thing that you are most uniquely good at? Or are you really trying to make sure that you own everything and turn a lot of things into projects? or trying to allocate things to tools. We talk about whether or not we really should have access to some of this data, like customer information. We are not qualified to manage well, so we make sure that people who are much smarter than us can do that. The places where we do give up some control of our information in exchange for convenience, and maybe we'd like to switch to more of that. And also having our information gated behind a walled garden of Discord and not have it be searchable and not have it be able to swap to another instance or another kind of software that we don't really like. And especially talking about if Discord went bankrupt and disappeared tomorrow, what would we do with the community? How would we rebuild it if a closed source proprietary company disappeared? What would we do? And how we don't really have a great answer for that right now. <laughs> this was a good one. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I had fun talking about this. I think we definitely have some actionable things to do as a result of this conversation in terms of backing up a lot of stuff. But yeah, this, this is a good chat. All right, so let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, so today's episode comes from another question IL writes gave us in Discord. They ask... First of all, Discord versus the forum arguments that you've discussed are totally valid, but I'd like to add that the forum can be self-hosted and that the source of community truth can be easily backed up with Discord and the likes you don't have that luxury. Second, I'm sure you fully understand the concept of the cloud is just someone else's computer, but maybe you can discuss where and when it's appropriate to data hoard your company's stuff and whether or not you're doing any backups of that data that's in the cloud. They go on to say... I mean, all of your Git stuff is backed up on both your physical computer as well as somewhere else in GitHub slash Microsoft Cloud. But Google Docs, for example, or Aligny are entirely cloud-based. How do you keep the balance between the stuff that's actually yours and the stuff in the cloud? So I think what they're really getting at is how do we balance between cloud versus locally stored versus tools we don't own versus tools that we spun up ourselves? Sure. Like the data that we have, do we really truly fully own that data? Which is a really good question. Like, we should have access to all of our information whenever we want it, I think, is a truism. We can both agree on that. So, yeah, I think there's a couple variables here first to address. The first of which is FOSS, free and open source software, um, or FLOSS, which I like more, free and Libra open source software, because <laughs> it's FLOSS, versus proprietary. And so this isn't really about the question. This is just like, what kind of software is it? Ultimately, we will pick the best tool for the job. Yeah, most of the time for us, it's not about if it's open or not. It's it's far more convenient for it to be open, and we prefer that strongly. Yeah. If all other things equal, we'll pick the open thing, because yeah. it's just more versatile and it's in our ideology. Right. It's about the best tool. Our goal is to make hardware that is helpful. And if we can solve that with a tool that is proprietary better than an open source one, we'll use that tool. We'll use the best tool, because we're trying to accomplish a goal. That being said, recently you have enacted this ethos <laughs> Or th this thing that we're going to try and do, which I love. Yeah. And that's once a quarter, we want to try switching something of ours that's proprietary to a FOSS comparable solution. Right. And the tricky part about this is there are some proprietary things that are just so good. 
it's really hard to find a really good FOSS equivalent. Like there are some examples like, you know, I, at least personally, I use GIMP instead of Photoshop. I use Inkscape instead of Illustrator because they're great tools still. I really like them and I don't see a real de- degradation in value between those two. But there's some like which we'll get into in a second, like Shopify. Oh boy, Shopify's really good. <laughs> Shopify solves so many problems for us. Yeah, some tools are hard to beat. Yeah, a good tool tangles itself in with others. <laughs> That's true. You have you have your uh, ecosystem lock in. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> trying to fight that actively is uh, it takes a lot of effort. It does, but I think it's good. I'm excited for us to continue on that journey, and we have been popping over to other propri- or uh, away from proprietary ones towards more FOSS tools recently, and we have one coming up this quarter, which we'll we'll talk about too. But really, the kernel of this question is, it's more about are you self-hosting or not, is really kind of what I think this comes down to, is like, do you own the data? Is the data on someone else's computer or your own? And, you know, yeah, it's tough because my, my broad thinking about this is like, you and I spinning up a server at Opulo HQ is never going to be as reliable as... All of the engineers that think about keeping a server up and running at AWS or DigitalOcean. We're just not experts at that. We just, that's not our, that's not our thing. So like, then it's like, okay, are we self-hosting? Are we, you know, installing a Docker instance on some AWS instance and we're managing it, but we're trusting someone else's computer? And like, there's a lot of degrees of that ownership. Or is it like, you know, WordPress.com? All you're really doing is installing the WordPress software on WordPress's computers. So it's still open but you're paying them for the hosting, it gets really messy. There's a lot of degrees there. And we pick based on what makes the most sense for us. But aside from a few very random, non-critical tools, we don't host anything here. No. It was hard for us to come up with the most poignant things that were self-hosted here. Yeah. And there are like three tools, which we'll get into in a second. But yeah, in general, we want to make sure that our tools are staying up. And like, if I have a Raspberry Pi or a Nook, or even if I have like a Dell R710 and a 42U server rack here (laughs) running something, I don't trust myself to keep that running as well as other people. So then it's like, how do we make sure we still have our data? I think really then kind of becomes the question. We want to own the data if it's relevant to what we do. Yeah. If it's data that comes from uh, something we are uniquely good at, Mm -hmm. then we should be owning the creation and storage and management of that data. Right. So like factory data, design data, that type of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Stuff about specifically what we are creating. That should be stuff that like we keep much more on premises and then the other things that are less about what we do and we want more of a tool and less of a project. Yeah, I mean, you know, someone else is managing that for us. We're paying them to make it so that we don't have to think about it. Exactly. So, yeah, I want to try that on as we go through this. We'll see if it survives Yeah, <laughs> the scrutiny of this episode. Exactly, yes. And we will generally only use a closed tool if we can export the data. It's really important to us that we can suck all of our data out of a tool if we need to. Because if we just put it into a walled garden and we can't access it, it's not ours. Like yeah. we need, there needs to be some export format. And the only exception here is Discord, which we also get into. Huge bummer. Yeah, <laughs> Discord has been really bumming me out lately about that. But let's get into actually looking at some of the tools we do and, and what we use and why we choose to keep our data where we do for them. Yeah, so... Let's first talk about then the uh, the easy choice tools where we don't mind someone else hosting them. Yeah. These are the ones where us as a company, it's really, really an easy choice just to throw money at this and let someone else manage it. Right. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like, like you said earlier, let someone else be responsible for the uptime of the tool. Let them be responsible for the backups. Yep. And of course, we do our due diligence for backup. But what are the tools here? Right. So A, a the, couple of our oh, the first one you picked. 
Yes. Yeah. The first example, uh, before we get into the example, this is also kind of in line with something that a couple of our mentors have told us, which is we should be focusing all our time on the things we're uniquely good at and the things that we're not, we should be paying someone to do it for us because we should be doing the thing that we're most effective at and leading beautifully into the first one. I don't know all the intricacies of tax law. <laughs> I don't want to spend three days a month going through and handling all our taxes and doing all the payroll stuff. We pay for a tool called Gusto, which is great, by the way, that just manages all of this for us. And it's not a cheap tool. It's actually not a bad price. It's actually pretty decent. But it is so much cheaper than if you and I had to sit down for hours and like figure out how to do all this stuff. Like they make sure we're compliant. They file our taxes with all the organizations we have to file it with. All this kinds of stuff. All these reportings, quarterly income stuff. We don't even have to think about it. So something like that is an easy thing to pay for it, but we don't have that data on-prem. We it, it is in some server, but we can download all of it. You know, we have access to it, and we do get exports of it too. So I do have some backups. I mean, obviously, it's not all the time, but I have exports of, like, all of our HR data and all our, like, tax filings and stuff. I keep all of that locally on my computer as well as backed up in Drive and all that kind of stuff. So we do hang on to that kind of stuff, but, like, sure, yeah, they put it behind a walled garden, Please do. (laughs) I don't want to have to, I I trust them to manage that stuff better than we would, you know? Right. We don't want, we don't even want the liability of having to store a scanned copy of someone's identity. Right. Their social security number. Yeah. I'm not going to manage storing that security thing better than they will. It's their job. It's their job. And like, yeah, there are times where there's data leaks, like things like that happen. It would happen a lot more if it was just me trying to keep that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's also more of like a security thing, too, is kind of how I think about it. But also, if we need that information, I don't want that company to be like, no, I'm going to keep it from you or whatever. (laughs) Or if the company goes under, we need to be able to hang on to that. So, you know, we get exports of it, too. Yeah, I I think this mentality is going to be seen across all the other tools we're about to go over. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, totally. A, A similar thought that I've I've read about is like you really shouldn't spin your own auth for making a website, which pretty much means you shouldn't make your own stack for authentication for like logging into a site and handling passwords. You could, but it's very likely that the existing tools out there are going to do it better. So we're kind of trusting in that and also following our mentor's advice of like, spend the time working on the thing where you're adding unique value. Don't spend your time trying to, you know, do all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. We've Um, literally been advised spend money to solve problems that we're not uniquely good at solving. Exactly. So yeah, Gusto is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, The next one on the list we had was Shopify. That's another one where we strongly feel that they handle all the types of data involved in the web store better than we would personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're handling customer data, customers like payment credentials. They're handling account login info. They're handling all of this tax law and all of this financial transaction information. Yep. And again, they're the experts in that. Yeah. We are customers of them. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's great. Yeah. yeah. It's a better relationship. Uh, we'd rather have a relationship with the Webster, like what we have with Shopify, than have it be a, a self-hosted project of ours. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, what if we don't have our firewall settings set up correctly? And, like, this has, like, customer payment data and addresses. And, like, I don't want the liability of that. I want someone that is running this for thousands or millions of different stores, however big Shopify is, and is managing this well, and they know how to do it at scale. That's not for us. 10% of e-commerce is done through them. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they had a campaign marketing that fact. I'm sure they wouldn't be lying about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That's like, like WordPress is 40% of the internet. Like Shopify is like the 
the store version of WordPress. Yeah. So for us, it's an example too. follow the leader. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you shouldn't be reinventing the wheel. No. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the project is making good machines that help people make stuff. It's not running an e-commerce site. And, you know, to the question here of like, do we own like having that data stored? I don't want that information on my computer. I don't want customers payment processing information on my computer. We will deal with the problem of losing all of our customer data or whatever more. I would rather that happens than I have it on my computer locally and then like it gets out. And you yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I that is not acceptable. <laughs> yeah, imagine if there were raspberry pies floating around the office that just had backups of blue. Oh my God. On. That makes my skin be insane. Yeah, that would be insane. Like, yeah, there are some things where like I, arguably you shouldn't have that data. You know, I, I'm sure there are some people that would disagree with that. Like you shouldn't, you should manage it really well. And like, we're a small team. Yeah. We want the experts. We, we will happily pay the experts to do that better. And when we get to the size where we can like really handle all our own customer information really well and pay the people who understand this really well, then we get to that point. But now that's just yeah. a, such a silly expense. And towards that too, at, there, there's a scale at which it makes sense to own this as a project. The, yes. Yeah. The percentage Shopify takes on a transaction above the payment processor fee might pay salary for a business systems developer at some point. Right. It's so far off in the future. Like let these experts own it. Right. Yeah. Like it would, it honestly just having Shopify would probably save us. I don't know if we had to do it. Otherwise we'd have to hire two people. Yeah. It's like, I don't <laughs> want to hire two people to do a thing that like Shopify just does great. And we don't even have to think about it. It's a tool, not a project. Yeah, and th- those would be two people that each of us are probably spending an hour or two a week meeting with and making sure they're on the path. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, what if we didn't need to do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So it's, it's weird to be like, no, I don't want that data that we have, but like, I almost kind of don't think of it as ours. It's something that Shopify helps us interact with and it lets us do our business, but they're going to manage that better than we will at this scale, at least, you know? Yeah. And I will say, like, we can port Shopify order data to other tools when we need to. It's not like we keep everything to Shopify. It's, oh, sure. But we let them create and manage all that type of info. Right. And we hose it to other data warehouses or online tools where we need to. Right. And what's cool about that is the stuff Shopify also doesn't make the spooky stuff even available to us. Like, I think the stuff I've actually been recently poking into Shopify's API and pulling data with SQL and stuff like that. There's no way. Is there like credit card numbers? Yeah. I don't even think there's addresses and names. It's like all you get is an email and like their API is like pretty. I, I really should uh, look up the docs and see exactly what their API exposes. But it's like not a lot. It's more about someone bought a thing on this day. It's more about that kind of information. Great. That's all I really, truly care about for sure for any kind of data analysis kind of stuff. So that's fine. Yeah, cool. Only give me the stuff that I can easily deal with, you know, like the sanitized <laughs> version of the information with the stuff that like I don't want to have the liability of on my computer. I was like, uh, it reminds me of when I was asking, I need to get hub credentials to uh, the Opula org. And I was like, Steven, make sure I can't delete it by accident. <laughs> I didn't want the risk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Similarly, we don't want uh, customer data being used inappropriately. <laughs> so we let we let the adults at Shopify handle that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's a person who is at Shop. There's an entire team at Shopify that is managing that stuff for us is kind of how I think about it. It's like, cool, they're looking out for us there. So yeah, that's that's a great one. These now start to get a little more like 
it would be cool if we had this maybe more for ourselves, more of our own ownership of the data, but we don't right now. Yeah, towards that, this is a snapshot of what it looks like here at Opulo today. Yeah, on not February seventh, twenty twenty-four. Yeah, maybe in an, a year, our what's a tool versus self-hosted is totally different. Totally, this, like we're not always happy with these choices, but it's just where we're at. Yeah, and like a big one there is Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Google. <laughs> Google is such a warm straitjacket of giving up control, but such, such beautiful convenience. It's annoying how good it is. It's It really is. And what makes it so good is like, if you just choose to have a Google email, like you do your email through Google, oh, well, then you get Google Calendar. And then you get Google Docs and easy collaboration on Google Docs. And it's just all baked in. Mm-hmm. And it's so cheap. Even for company, for enterprise stuff, it's so inexpensive. Oh, man, it's like, it's really good. So we use Google (laughs) for that stuff. And it was also really nice about it, too, is if you have the Google email, you use it for OAuth. So all other things you sign into are Google. This is definitely a thing where we are giving up control of our data in exchange for convenience. And I am okay with this trade-off. It just so greases the wheels for us to just do what we're uniquely good at. Yeah. We don't have time to worry about if our self-hosted email server goes to spam (laughs) when we send someone a message. Right. Yeah. And that's a whole thing. I don't know if you've ever read up on this, but like Gmail will, if it's not coming from one of their servers or like Yahoo or something, they intentionally move it to spam to try and make self-hosted email servers not. There's this whole thread of people that try and host their own email and like Google nukes them intentionally. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty evil. Yeah. (laughs) Ironic with their catchphrase, but yeah. Yeah. They got rid of that. No. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. That's so cringe, really. I, I came across that. I think it was like a Y Combinator, like Hacker News post. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so not great. But yeah, well. so we use Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So what we give up in that, we still make sure that we have exports. So like I have all the Google Drive stuff set up on my computer that it still locally syncs on my computer. And I have those versions on my computer locally, too. So if Google went down, which we're also making a bet that like it's almost kind of like, you know, betting on the S&P 500 over time. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation, but it's going to go up and to the right. If Google completely goes down, it will be in such a way that we may have a little heads up. You know, that might be really naive of me to say, as I said, I'm like, "Eh, maybe that's not true. (laughs) But we no matter what, we still have the local backups, like all of the information we still have in such a way, actually, you know what, aside from the .gdoc files, mm. if we use a .gdoc file, that's just a link to the page Ooh. of Google Docs, which we don't currently back up. We should just run like weekly exports of our whole drive. I think there is. Yeah, I, th- I think Google has it even. I could be wrong, but oh my God. As I say that, my phone starts listening. Oh, that's so spooky. We're saying Google too much there. Yeah, we really are. The drones are overhead. They- <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so what we give up in our control there, we also get convenience that lets us be way more effective at doing our jobs of making hardware. Yeah. This reminds, I don't know if this will make it, but it reminds me of uh, when we waived terrorism insurance. We're like, yeah, well, if we need that insurance policy, like we have way bigger problems. (laughs) If like a Google data warehouse, if they all got bombed tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know if our priority would be shipping, picking places. <laughs> yeah, we'd probably be more thinking about our lives. Yeah. 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 That is a, it's a similar take. <laughs> yeah. Short of that, like they kind of have us covered. Yeah. 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 So that being said, this is definitely one of those where like we know we're in this warm, comfy straight jacket and it'd be nice to not, especially at the hackerspace that we hang out at. They're working on setting up Nextcloud, which is effectively Google Docs 
it's not all the rest of the Google stuff, but it's like Google Docs open source that you can host yourself, which is pretty cool. And we're looking into that and seeing if maybe that's a thing that we could we could nab because it would be cool to switch over to a FOSS thing. Yeah, this is a, a category of tools where the longer we wait, the better it gets. Oh. And yeah, Nextcloud in 2014, is if it even existed, it's not the same as what it is today. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. If we defer, it's an even better landscape to hop into something open. Sure. So we, we definitely check and evaluate what that landscape is every so often. Probably every three or four weeks, you or I will send each other a cool open source project we stumble upon. We're like, oh, hey, maybe we could switch to this. And we kind of analyze. And inevitably, that conversation turns into us relitigating the four or five tools we've been thinking about switching to <laughs> and seeing if they got better in the past quarter since we've talked about it, you know, or not quarter. If really, it happens pretty often. And just to see if maybe we could switch over to him because it is nice to own your data. Like I much prefer that it's very hard with all the tools that are out there and so convenient and it has to make sense because at the end of the day, we're trying to make pick and place machines, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. It actually makes me want to plug a, a, a website I use for this type of stuff. Awesome. Foss. Love it. Have you heard? I think I no. tr- tried to clue you into this. dot com. Awesome Foss. It's an email news feed and a web page telling about all these different open source projects that you can use. Oh, yeah. If you just Google Awesome Foss, it'll come up too. Yeah. Well, dude. Yeah. Big this fan is of this. sick. It's clued me into open source CRMs, open source like email, web tools, anything really. Wow. This is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Inventory's on here too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, they, they're they not missing much. Yeah, this, anything. Is, this is cool. Well, I'm sure they're missing a lot. There's a lot of projects, but... They're they're hitting some banging ones. <laughs> yeah, and they update this list consistently. And there's an email that comes out like every week or two. Oh yeah, this was updated like like a week ago. That's so, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. We should you know what we should do is just like once a quarter sit down and pick one of these and just <laughs> switch one of our proprietary things over to this. Half you know? the time when I urge us to switch to something, it came from this list. That's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So <laughs> so yeah, like Nextcloud is one of those that would be really cool to switch to because um, we do. It, it's very convenient to have a document where we write stuff in together, like having collaboration stuff. We use Notion too. all the notes in the management for this podcast. If you really want to get meta is a page in Notion and we have a database with all the potential topics that the community has given us in Notion. It's really convenient. We pay a really small amount every month to just have that tool. Oh, do we want to spend the time to set it up uh, a different thing? And, you know, we could, but oh, man, it's, it's convenient. So yeah, yeah it, it's, it's really tough. It's, it's a hard trade. So then there are some things that are really easy decisions that, yeah, we want all that data really, really nicely backed up. And we should have a million backups of these things. We care a lot about having a local backup, all that kind of stuff. The easiest and most immediate one of these is the design source. Part of this is because it's just really easy because Git automatically backs up the source to our computers every time we pull. So like everyone that's ever pulled from the Loom PMP repo or the feeder repo or the Photon repo has the whole entirety of the source. So it's like very nicely distributedly backed up, but it's also incredibly important to what we do. Even if it didn't do that automatically, we would have set up a thing that it automatically pulls and, you know, pulls down and backs up like every night anyway. Yeah, and it works really well for us and it allows anyone to own that data. I think that's important here, too. I agree. And it's also close to the ethos of it being open source, too, I think, is like that it is easy to back up and it's easy to have and it's easy to distribute that information is really important for it being an open source project. So it's like, why wouldn't we have the backup if it's so easy to do it already because of what we chose for it being open? And similar to that is Docs. Yeah, it's almost the same 
It's almost the same category because it's just another Git managed project. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> they even used to be intertwined more closely. They did, yeah. We had like we had docs in the same repo as the Lumen PMP, but it was like selectable by release. And then once you made a release, it would like bake a new version and it was a whole thing. But it's been important for us to own docs because we want to be able to customize it to our liking. We want it to be something that you could run locally on your computer mm-hmm. by just initializing an MK docs instance. Right. We don't like the closed tools as much anyway. Yep. There is one called Dazuki that I've used before. If you've ever used the iFixit instructions, um, they have a partnership with them. Okay. That's the framework that Dazuki docs are in. Okay. And, but they're proprietary. You can't export like marked, I haven't seen a way to export Markdown from Dazuki. Mm-hmm. I've used it myself at prior companies. Best you can do is export a PDF. Mm. And like, there's a machine at the makerspace down the street made by a company that went out of business. And all we have are these like weirdly exported Dazuki docs for. Oh it. no! And I, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That sucks. Something to me isn't open if you can't get down to the kernel. Right. Um, and docs are important there. Right. You might choose to do something very specifically. Like maybe you're like, hey, I actually really want to call something out in this specific way. And if you use a tool that like has, is very opinionated and very specific, you may not have that option. Aligny is really opinionated about this certain thing with revisions being swappable between parts. And like, it's something that I think you and I both fundamentally disagree with, yeah. with how revision management should happen in a PLM software. But they're they're really opinionated about it and they bake it into everything in the software. And it'd be really nice to change that <laughs> or have it be a setting or be able to just update that ourselves. But we can't. So may, let me try this on. Maybe the things we deal with the most. Well, no, because we deal with Shopify all the time. I was yeah. going to say the thing. But also there are some things about Shopify we'd love to be able to change because we deal with it all the time. <laughs> so... I don't know. Ideally, the ones that are the tools that are open and that we use, it'd be really nice for that. But it's also important to say our docs are open, but they're hosted on a GitHub server. They're on a Microsoft server. We're not hosting them from HQ. We use GitHub pages because it's great and it's convenient to just be able to push docs up. Ultimately, it's going to be better for everybody because they'll be up more. They can be updated much easier because we use this GitHub pages thing and we still own the data. We're just not hosting it ourselves, you know, because we're not going to do it as good. <laughs> I think what to say to that. <laughs> do you agree? Um, the corollary would be like companies that send a USB stick with PDFs <laughs> or like HTML based instructions with their product. Right. There would be a lot of cons to that anyway. Yeah. We can update these docs for our customers because they're in the cloud. But luckily, we control the source of it. It just happens to be on GitHub. Right. So that's yeah. a part of it here. Like that's we can true. we could move. We control the origin point and we can move where it's held or accessed from. Totally. I wouldn't move docs to like, oh, because it's GitHub. It's it's a tool that's in the cloud. Right. Because it, it's where we want it to be. Right. And IL writes from the comment originally even says this of like, it's backed up both on your physical computer and somewhere in the cloud. It's more about like having access to our data than like what is actually distributing it to people. So, yeah, I mean, like. Of course, we're not going to host it as well as Microsoft will, <laughs> you know, but we it's literally running the same thing that's on our computers. So, you know, that's nice. And people can run it locally. You yeah. know, you don't need Microsoft servers to view it. You can pull it down, install MKDocs and run it on your own computer. It's pretty easy to do it. Yeah. Like for all we know, there's a Lumen in Alaska without good Internet. <laughs> so they pull down the docs repo. They just host yeah. it locally. <laughs> yeah, maybe they do that before they go up there for a research season. <laughs> 
that would be the cool if you have a lumen and you're doing that please let us know yeah that'd be really cool <laughs> i think a lot about like is it realistic to own this machine and operate it in outer space like with no access to anything right and the docks being something you could self-host and download is important yeah. towards those astronaut lumen owners true <laughs> those guys, yeah true yeah that would be really cool and also back to being able to modify it in a way that you want I wanted the GitHub stars and forks to show up in the corner of MK Docs for the Lumen project because we have a lot. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that to show up there. But in MK Docs, if you set it up that way, when you try and like edit the docs page, it will bring you to the Lumen repo. But our docs repo is a different one. So I messed around with the, the configuration file and found a way to get it so that it will show the stars and the forks for the Lumen project. But it still goes back to the source of the docs repo. And that was really nice. Suzuki may not have that tool. It may not let me hack it in, you know, like I did with MK Docs. I even have, I have a little script that runs for our docs that when we push it up to the CI, it automatically downsizes and rescales all of our images so that the payload image of like the artifact is much smaller. So we have really high res images in the repo itself. You don't need all that high res in the final website, but if we want to zoom in or crop a photo later, we want to keep the original photo. So, you know, may not be able to do that. You have to hope they implement that feature instead of just doing it yourself. For sure. Yeah. I think we hammered it home good with docs. Yeah, I think so too. Manufacturing QC data was the other one. Yeah. So Gundam, our in-house testing software, we do data storage in two ways for that. Because this is such important data that we really want to hang on to, we log it to a database that is not hosted on our computer. And we also have local log files. And that is, we use the cloud-based one because for most of our analysis and like looking at stuff because it's so much easier to work with, but we have the backup. We can restore all of that data if we have to because we just have log files for it. And that's really nice. So, yeah. yeah. And we, we just consider it to be the Gundam test equipment was too bespoke for us to just buy a tool that's uh, hosted in the cloud for this problem. Like sure, it's piped to Google Sheets mm-hmm. for like accessing the data here, but it's such a niche situation that it's just, we couldn't have done that. We couldn't have gotten Gundam logging data as fast as we did if we were looking to use something pre-made. Yeah, we might have. I'm sure there's something out there like some like just here's a little database in the cloud. I mean, I yeah. could have just spun up a droplet with a MySQL server and tossed data into that instead. But like drop it into Google. I mean, and that's kind of the same thing as Google Sheets. Well, no, it's not because that's our data. You know, like we don't have the raw source for the Google Sheets file. <laughs> you know, we do in the fact that we also log it. But the cloud version We don't really own that data. And I will say there are companies that will sell you IoT products and services for manufacturing quality control devices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we didn't want to take the time to have like that courtship with a sales rep and like (laughs) evaluate 10 different ones. Like it was (laughs) honestly quicker for Steven to just make the thing. Yeah. Just toss it up to a Google sheet, log a local file, move on. Yeah. I make a pivot table of data when I need to. Yep. We're done. It's great. Yeah. It's actually great even though it's cursed. <laughs> it's It works so well. Yeah, we, we say it's cursed because we feel bad using Google Sheets for so much, but they work really well. Well, it's more that you shouldn't use Google Sheets as a database. Yeah. It's just like not the right tool for the job, but it's very convenient. And we're also not logging that much stuff to it. We're pretty intentional with how we do it so that it's pretty easy to splice it out to other things and all that stuff. But like, it's not the right tool for the job holistically. <laughs> yeah, we've tried doing a Postgres through MySQL databases and it's just... Mm-hmm. It became really uh, heavy to modify. Yeah, it's fine. But, you know, to be able to just pop into a Google Sheet in a browser and make a graph of data that we logged from testing is very convenient. And there are other ways to do it. But, you know, we're looking for the the quickest route to getting the answers that we want right now. And it's okay to up- upgrade that later to the more proper solutions. We're backing it up just in case anyway. But, yeah, I'd say a lot of things that we local host really are not mission critical. 
because if it's mission critical, I want a big warehouse holding a bunch of servers with a bunch of smart people, making sure that they stay online with UPSs and all that stuff. They should be keeping our mission critical stuff up. There's other little things that don't matter. Like I have a Redash server running here, which is for those that don't know, Redash is an awesome open source tool that pretty much lets you pipe in a bunch of data sources through APIs or whatever, and you can just run SQL commands on it and take a look at your data, graph it out, make dashboards of it. It's awesome. I use it at previous jobs. So much fun. I love SQL. (laughs) It's such a great interface to be able to just take a look at all the stuff you got going on. If that goes down, it takes me five minutes to get it back up and no one cares except for me. So that's a perfect thing where it's like, yeah, let me just install it on a Pi that we have on our network and I can just, you know, run it there. That's totally okay. So I run stuff like that there. I have some like data analysis tools and price metric stuff. And like, we, we, I think we probably have like five or six little tiny services that I've written running on a couple Pies. And if those go down, I just bring them back up. Is it fair to say that across the board, we don't let these like self-hosted locally stored tools have the capability of disrupting day-to-day operations? Yes. I think, I think that is a patently okay thing to say because they, they're always for, Hmm, I think I'm going to poke into this a little bit today. And I try to do it. And I'm like, Oh, if it's down and they're usually up, it's fine. You know, yeah. I, I run, you know, services in the background that have them come up if they go down or whatever, but you know, it's, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to affect anything aside from, I have to spend 10 minutes getting it back up for sure. So yeah, it never affects day to day. That's a good, that's a good metric. <laughs> yeah. Like if this building lost power, Mm-hmm. Can you and I each go home and do our job? And that's a good, that's a good line. Short of it. the VPN being out. But yeah. even then the VPN is really only just so that we can SSH into jigs. Mm-hmm. If I happen to be out of town, it's like, it's so optional. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it really doesn't matter that much. So yes, like all these things can go down. For sure. Yeah. So those are kind of the ones that in terms of owning our data, it's like pretty easy. Like, yeah, we should own it. It should be on-prem. And then other ones where it's like, it's okay, we have an export, but it's okay if the main one is not here. Then they're the ones that are a little bit more murky. And the biggest and most annoying one is Discord. Discord is where our community is. Discord is the thing that I was like, hmm, I should have a community thing when I launched the Lumen project, open source, the 1.0 release, like forever ago. And I thought a Discord server would be great for that because that's what YouTube people do. But a forum would be better for now, I think, in some ways, and also not in others. I, I, I wish that we had a forum because if we had a forum, we would be able to own the data, and Discord is a walled garden. It's also Google searchable, and a Discord server is not. So like people looking for answers, they can't learn from other people's prior experience. We have to supply that with our docs pages, which is fine, but you know, there's still information that isn't searchable, which is not good. So I don't like that we don't own the Discord data. There's a lot of really valuable information and like cool stuff going on in Discord that you can't find unless you join the server, you know? Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. If if Discord went bankrupt tomorrow, how would our community come back to us and like everyone find each other again? Yeah, it's that's actually a terrifying thing to posit. Yeah. You're so right. We have customer email lists, but customers aren't the same thing as community members. No, not at all. Not even close. Yeah. So I literally don't know what we would do. Yeah. Like maybe we would start a discourse forum, but yeah, I mean like that's not good. <laughs> yeah, we, could, we could host our own matrix chat room and let people pull into that. Sure. Or riot is another comparable one. Mm-hmm. Is Mattermost similar? Mattermost is more like Slack though. I, and, but it's also a walled garden in that it's not, it's a walled garden in that it's not searchable. We'd still own the data cause we could host it on DigitalOcean or something, but like, you know, you can't search it on Google. All the information yeah. is hidden, you know? Even if we had hosted an IRC chat room, I, in my travels on the internet, I've never seen an IRC chat log come up in a Google search result. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I'm, 
I'm not sure if you can do that. Yeah, I, I don't think you can. I could be wrong, but yeah, that's uh. so yeah, I don't know what we do. Like maybe it would be, it would be, it would suck because I really like the community we've built on Discord. It's a great group it's of fun. people, but you know, maybe that's when we try and switch to a forum. I don't know. I don't know what we do, yeah. but the fact that we don't is bad. But also in order to try and rectify that issue, it would probably mean you know losing what we have in discord and i don't want to lose that i love our community in discord yeah so it's kind of a catch-22 you know like if i could choose i I don't even know if i would change it going back to 2020 if i would make a discourse like Mm -hmm. a forum instead of a discord server because you know that this discord has made the project what it is yeah i think the instantaneous communication is so helpful for development yeah and like rapid iteration and change the product or the project yeah rather yeah 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 so I think it was so important that there was a chat room with topics and categories for people early on in the heydays of Lumen and even now. Yeah. I think even if there was a forum, there should still be a chat room like for just hangout. Yeah. For hangout and for quick dev. Like there's a group of folks right now that are like modifying the Photon firmware and protocol to work with a different variant of the feeder. And they're like hacking on the slot format and it's really cool and it happens in the discord and it's quick like they're just going back and forth like figuring stuff out and debugging that does not happen smoothly in a forum yeah and that wouldn't happen if we didn't have that kind of quick communication i don't know it's definitely a tricky one but it bugs me that all of this wonderful thing that has developed from this project is stuck behind this proprietary company tool that isn't searchable you know some people don't like discord they don't understand it it stinks. It stinks. And I don't know what to do about it, frankly. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone listening has suggestions or thoughts, like, please let us know in the, uh, this episode's channel and, uh, this, this episode thread in discord. Yo, that's so meta. F- please go to this tool that we're very concerned, not concerned about, but you know, that we're him and hawing about. Yeah. That's, that's very meta. <laughs> Feels bad. It does. But you know, I, we'll figure it out. Like discord, we're not, we're also not alone in this. Like there are so many other communities in discord and like whatever they choose to do, we can look at as a good reference point for how they seem to manage this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think discord's going to go away anytime soon. It'll probably inevitably when it does have its fall, it will be a slow, gradual one. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I remember when like Slack, for example, instituted message retention. Right. And I thought that was evil. (laughs) Yeah. So evil. (laughs) Imagine Discord tomorrow could say that you can't view messages older than 90 days. Right. Unless you boost the channel or you pay for Nitro. Right. Like, well then. Now we're on the hook for paying all this. Yeah, it stinks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we can't just export it to a different tool. This is why I really like Obsidian, which Mm -hmm. is a note taking app. And they're, I forget their, the actual name of the, like their, their little catchphrase about this, but it's like files, not apps. It's like file formats. Right. So everything that you write in Obsidian is a markdown file. Everything. It's all formatted in a markdown. It's not in some proprietary format. It's stored locally on your computer. And all Obsidian does is gives you a beautiful interface to edit the markdown. Oh, like cool. it's Notion. It's really cool. They're trying to keep interoperable file formats. So if you're like, eh. I'm going to go to something else that does this because I don't like Obsidian's pricing model. I don't like Obsidian's whatever. It's a really cool tool. Then you can do that. It's it's really nice. So if, you know, if we could do that with Discord, if they had that, but of course they don't want that because then they wouldn't get that money from us, you know? Right. Ugh, yeah. I actually had a long conversation with Matthias, one of the inventory guys. Yeah. This is at Chaos Communication Congress in Hamburg this year. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about how it'd be really nice if all the PLM and inventory management softwares had it interoperable format yeah like a a common way of data warehousing so that the tool you happen to view this data in is up to you yeah your data is your key and you can plug it into any lock yeah 
that would be really nice. <laughs> and I'd love to see that with us as champions for the idea. Mm-hmm. Do that for as much of like the manufacturing data landscape as we can. Yeah, that would be really good. So, yeah, the community information stuff, I think, is the one that sticks in my craw the most. And also for Opulo, like within the company, we have a Discord server for just talking amongst ourselves in the company. And same kind of thing, like we, we generally as a rule to try to not put anything that really should be like lasting documentation or important information in Discord. If it should be known past today or tomorrow, it should be written down in a more formal way. And we're pretty good about that. So if we did lose our entire history in the Opulo server, I honestly wouldn't care because <laughs> yeah. it's all been offloaded to the proper tool already. But we're thinking about switching to Mattermost because it's open. It's really cool. It has a bunch of other tools that might let us get rid of some other proprietary stuff. And it's part of that exercise to just like try and switch to other open tools once a quarter. For sure. Yeah. And like towards that too, it's helpful for Opula to own the messages that are sent between people. Yeah. Right now it's just people with Discord accounts that happen to use it for this Opula work server. Yeah. It's messy in that like I also use Discord to talk with friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's weird for that to also be a work thing, I guess. Like Discord is first and foremost a community tool, yeah, not a work tool. It's just weird. Like it's <laughs> not really meant for that. So switching to something that's more meant for that, it's like, oh, cool. Like if I get a Discord ping, I don't know if it's like a friend saying what's up or if it's like a work thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, it'd be nice to separate it out a little bit, especially with the fact that work and life is hard to separate anyway for us. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that would that there's merit to that, too. Plus, we'd switch to a cool FOSS thing. Like, that'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, we're even talking about switching to Mattermost for the hackerspace I help run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? It'd be sweet. Yeah, so that's the in-between tools that we use that we're not too stoked on. Yeah. And it sometimes it gets blurry. We pick the best tool at the time, and we go from there. And it's always reevaluated, and we push ourselves towards open when we can. Yep. And what we'll probably end up doing, too, is, like we said earlier, we'll, we probably will never really self-host stuff. Like we'll probably, we'll run Mattermost, but we'll run it on a droplet. Cause like, you know, if we lose power on our block for 10 minutes or something, and that means we can't message each other, like that's weird. (laughs) That shouldn't be possible. You know, right? we should, we should, it should just always be up. So we'll probably run it, you know, on a server or something and pay someone to do it. Just like WordPress. Like I love this WordPress.org. I could be getting these mixed up, but I think they're right. WordPress.org is for the open source project. WordPress.com is for a company you can pay to host wordpress.org. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like all they're doing is giving you a server for the thing and they're making it more of a tool to use or and less of a project to use this open source thing, which is great. Like we should just, I actually have a tab open on my computer of like spinning up a droplet in DigitalOcean and hosting Mattermost on it. Like I'm working on doing that now. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be good. Well, uh, we'll keep you all updated on how we like it. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about it. We we ran it locally on your computer for a test like a year ago or something. It was like pretty, it was really nice. Yeah, we were. I was looking at it more for the project management Asana-esque side of it. And I, I, even that was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, that would be great. It'd be yeah. really nice to switch to it was all in like one. That. Yeah. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we just dive into that. I'd like it. It'd be FOSS. Yep. It'd be pretty rad. It would be cool. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of our bases here. Yeah, I think so. It's a great question, IL, right? Mm-hmm. We appreciate you asking that. Yeah, thank you for asking it. It's it's a tricky, difficult one. It, it I really view this as the difference between convenience and ownership. You know, like, is it's very convenient to not own any of our data and have someone else manage it for us, but we also don't own our data. And certain things we should absolutely own, or at least have backups of, I should say. We own it all, but it's just not on-premises. We don't have that backup if that entity just disappears one day you know yeah. 
Here's a question for you. Yeah. Let's say Gusto was an application you could buy for your Mac, like Final Cut. Okay. Um, and it worked just as well. Would you have been stoked on that? Did it matter to you that it's all in the cloud? Does it store the data locally on my computer instead? Uh, let's say it's so encrypted it's inaccessible data. Okay, so it stores it locally. Yeah. But it's just, um, I actually like that less. Because mm. what happens if my computer gets nuked? Sure. What happens if I, you know, my computer gets run over or something? I mean, mm. my computer is literally always within three feet of me, but <laughs> I think almost without exception. But still, let's say something happened to my computer. Right. Then all of payroll, all of HR stuff is all on this one device. I don't think I like that because it's not backed up. Yeah. But I mean, arguably, that's the same thing with the cloud, right? I, I'm sure they run their own backups, you know, cloud wise. But am I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just saying that. <laughs> For sure. And you know what, towards that reminds me of a, a thing I always say to people on the manufacturing team. It's like, I should be able to yeet your computer into a wall and Opulo is not affected. Right. Besides, like, you need a new computer, but like, right. nothing should be lost from that happening. Right. Computers should be terminals, <laughs> you know? And you know, my engineering teacher in high school said, you know, one is none, two is one, three is two, four is three. Mm. And that's why right now, as we record this podcast, we literally have three methods of recording it. Cause in case one goes <laughs> out as what happened about 20 minutes ago, <laughs> right. we have backups, you know, yeah. it's about having multiple iterations in uh, what is the rule? Like two different devices, two different locations. So you should have three instances of it, like, or something <laughs> along those lines. There's a set of rules of like one off-prem two on-prem, but like one on-prem is one format and yeah. then you, something like that. Literally one's going to our like podcast website recording tool, uh, Riverside. One's going to your laptop's garage band. One's going to the SD card on the audio recorder. Yeah. Yeah. We we're covered. We are very covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it's more about the redundancy, you know, like it is an interesting topic. It's a tough one, but yeah, you know, maybe we come back to this a little bit later after we switch to some more tools and like maybe we've moved to things where we own the data a little bit more or we have more of those backups. Like I know even just after talking with you about this today, I want to set something up that auto exports our entire Google drive in a human readable format, not a link to a Google drive website. Because what is that? Cause that's nothing. That's not, that's fake. That's not real. That's not an actual export. I want to get that because we really should have that. I think that is important and we don't do that now. So yeah, we should, we should definitely make that happen. And before next cloud transfer. <laughs> yes. Which would be really cool. Yeah. I actually, I love the idea of like, Okay, maybe we don't use Nextcloud primarily, but Google Drive is mirrored to that, and it's uh, they're synchronized every night. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, if Google became too expensive, we just turn it off and hop to last <laughs> night's build of Nextcloud. <laughs> I don't know if you could do that. But. That's I. I would be surprised if Google allowed that to happen. I'm <laughs> sure if that does exist, Google would try and nix that out. It have but feelings. It would have feelings about it. Yeah, <laughs> but that if that exists, that would be so cool. Yeah, and then we just use the proprietary tool, and then it's like, oh. We don't like it. See ya. That's like having an open format. It's like we just export it and we move to something else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Pick the tools that work for you. Yep. Store the data where you think is the most sensible. Mm -hmm. Don't overthink it. Yep. Don't put customer data somewhere dumb. Yep. You know, focus on the thing you're good at. You know, Lucian and I are not good at securing credit card numbers. So we don't touch that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> we let the professionals manage that stuff. Yep. So yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Yeah, me too. I think it was a good one. All right, guys. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a bunch. You can find Opulo on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, please don't forget to check out opulo.io and sign up for our newsletter where we write blog posts and do customer interviews with other folks building cool open hardware. That's it, and we'll see you in the next one. See ya. See ya.
<laughs> and I get to use my computer like a velociraptor with my arms. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this. <laughs> I love velociraptor type.